0: We will be reading the whole Bible in the year 2024. This is such a perfect way to get into God's Word each day and to develop your own relationship with God our Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. I am your host, Angela, and want to first of all say that I am not an expert in theology or church history or a minister, and I never will claim to be. I am a wife and mother who has been reborn and want to be of service to God in gratitude for calling me back home. Welcome the podcast. The Bible that I will be reading from is the one year Bible it is a new living translation and you can find one at www.tendale.com this episode is brought to you by the move forth brand it encompasses freedom health and god's grace We are created in God's image perfectly and fearfully and wonderfully there is nothing that we need to do to earn his grace and his healing He simply gives it to us I am certified in health and life coaching but no longer practice however, I have health tips and resources products that I love and use. Homeschool tips and merchandise available on my website, and that is www.move-forth.com. One of my favorite products on my website and that I use each day are stem cell activation patches. Stem cell therapy can be very costly and can produce results that are short-lived, which is why these patches are so brilliant and they're not considered to be stem cell therapy. They actually activate our own body's production of stem cells and support our health and well-being, all while optimizing our immune system. You can check those out on my website as well, www.moveforth.com. forthcom Thank you for being here. Thank you for becoming less like you and more like Jesus. May you move forth with grace today. All right. Well, today is day 52, and we're going to be reading Leviticus 11, 1 through twelve eight, Mark 5, 21 through 43, and Psalm 38, 1 through 22, and Proverbs 10, 8 through 9. Let's go ahead and begin with a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be together in your presence, in your word. Thank you for nourishing our souls with your truth. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Leviticus 11, 1 through 12, 8. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Of all the land animals, these are the ones you may use for food. You may eat any animal that has completely split hooves and choose the cud. You may not, however, eat the following animals that have split hooves or that chew the cud, but not both. The camel chews the cud, but does not have split hooves, so it is ceremonially unclean for you. The hyrax chews the cud, but does not have split hooves, so it is unclean. The hare chews the cud, but does not have split hooves, so it's unclean. The pig has evenly split hooves and does not chew the cud, so it is unclean you may not eat the meat of these animals or even touch their carcasses they are ceremonially unclean for you of all the marine animals these are the ones you may use for food you may eat anything from the water if it has both fins and scales whether taken from salt water or from streams but you must never eat animals from the sea or from rivers that do not have both fins and scales they are detestable to you this applies both to little creatures that live in shallow water and to all creatures that live in deep water they will always be detestable to you. You must never eat their meat or even touch their dead bodies. Any marine animal that does not have both fins and scales is detestable to you. These are the birds that are are detestable to you. You must never eat them. The griffin vulture, the bearded vulture, the black vulture, the kite, falcons of all kinds, ravens of all kinds, the eagle, owl, the short-eared owl, the seagull, hawks of all kinds, the little owl, the cormorant, the great owl, the barn owl, the desert owl, the Egyptian vulture, the stork, herons of all kinds, the hoopoe, and the bat. You must not eat winged insects that walk around the ground. They are detestable to you. You may, however, eat winged insects that walk along the ground and have jointed legs so they can jump. The insects you are permitted to eat include all kinds of locusts, bald locusts, crickets, and grasshoppers. All other winged insects that walk along the ground are detestable to you. The following creatures will make you ceremonially unclean. If any of you touch their carcasses, you will be defiled until evening. If you pick up their carcasses, you must wash your clothes, and you will remain defiled until evening. Any animal that has split hooves, that are not evenly divided, or that does not chew the cud is unclean for you. If you touch the carcass of such an animal, you will be defiled. Of the animals that walk on all fours, those that have paws are unclean. If you touch the carcass of such an animal, you will be defiled until evening. If you pick up its carcass, you must wash your clothes, and you will remain defiled until evening. These animals are unclean for you. Of the small animals that scurry along the ground, these are unclean for you. The mole rat, the rat, large lizards of all kinds. The gecko, the monitor lizard, the common lizard, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. All these small animals are unclean for you. If any of you touch the dead body of such an animal, you will be defiled until evening. If such an animal dies or falls on something, that object will be unclean. This is true whether the object is made of wood, cloth, leather, or burlap. Whatever its use, you must dip it in water and it will remain defiled until evening. After that, it will be ceremonially clean and may be used again. If such an, animal's, if such an animal falls into a clay pot... Everything in the pot will be defiled, and the pot must be smashed. If the water from such a container spills on any food, the food will be defiled, and any beverage in such a container will be defiled. Any object on which the carcass of such an animal falls will be defiled. If it is on oven or hearth, it must be destroyed, for it is defiled, and you must treat it accordingly. However, if the carcass of such an animal falls into a spring or a cistern, the water will still be clean but anyone who touches the carcass will be defiled. If the carcass falls on seed grain to be planted in the field, the seed will still be considered clean. But if the seed is wet when the carcass falls on it, the seed will be defiled. If an animal you are permitted to eat dies and and you touch its carcass, you will be defiled until evening. If you eat any of its meat or carry away its carcass, you must wash your clothes and you will remain defiled until evening. All small animals that scurry along the ground are detestable, and you must never eat them. This includes all animals that slither along on their bellies, as well as those with four legs and those with many feet. All such animals that scurry along the ground are detestable, and you must never eat them. Do not defile yourselves by touching them. You must not make yourselves ceremonially unclean because of them. For I am the Lord your God. You must consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. So do not defile yourselves with any of these small animals that scurry along the ground. For I, the Lord, am the one who brought you up from the land of Egypt, and I might be your God. Excuse me. From the land of Egypt that I might be your God. Therefore, you must be holy because I am holy. These are the instructions regarding land animals, birds, marine creatures, and animals that scurry along the ground. By these instructions, you will know what is unclean and clean and which animals may be eaten and which may not be eaten the Lord said to Moses give the following instructions to the people of Israel if a woman becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son she will be ceremonially unclean for seven days just as she is unclean during her menstrual period on the eighth day the boy's foreskin must be circumcised after waiting 33 days she will be purified from the bleeding of childbirth During this time of purification, she must not touch anything that is set apart as holy, and she must not enter the sanctuary until her time of purification is over. If a woman gives birth to a daughter, she will be ceremonially unclean for two weeks, just as she is unclean during her menstrual period. After waiting 66 days, she will be purified from the bleeding of childbirth. When the time of purification is completed for either a son or a daughter, the woman must bring a one-year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or turtle dove for a purification offering. She must bring her offerings to the priest at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will then present them to the Lord to purify her. Then she will be ceremonially clean again after her bleeding at childbirth. These are the instructions for a woman after the birth of a son or a daughter. If a woman cannot afford to bring a lamp, she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. One will be for the burnt offering and the other for the purification offering. The priest will sacrifice them to purify her, and she will be ceremonially clean. Mark 5, 21-43 Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him. And all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had not gotten better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Darius, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling, teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Darius, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was laying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up, and the girl who is was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened, and then he told them to give her something to eat. Psalm 38, 1 through 22, a psalm of David, asking God to remember him. O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Your arrows have struck deep and your blows are crushing me. Because of your anger, my whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sins. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and stink because of my foolish sins. I am bent over and racked with pain all day long. I walk around filled with grief. A raging fever burns within me and my health is broken. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. You know that I long for you know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. My heart beats wildly. My strength fails, and I am going blind. My loved ones and friends stay away, fearing my disease. Even my own family stands at a distance. Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps to kill me. Those who wish me harm make plans to ruin me. All day long, they plan their treachery. But I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing, and I make no reply, for I am waiting for you, O Lord. You must answer for me, O Lord, my God. I prayed, don't let my enemies gloat over me or rejoice at my downfall. I am on the verge of collapse, facing constant pain, but I confess my sins. I am deeply sorry for what I have done. I have many aggressive enemies. They hate me without reason. They repay me evil for good and oppose me for pursuing good. Do not abandon me, O Lord. Do not stand at a distance, my God. Come quickly to help me, O Lord, my Savior. Proverbs ten eight through 9. The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. And that concludes our reading time today. All right. Let's see what questions we have today. Okay, so why did God restrict the diet of the Israelites? There were a lot of rules that they had to follow. The designation clean and unclean were used to define the kind of animals the Israelites could and could not eat. There were several reasons for this restricted diet. Number one is to ensure the health of the nation. The forbidden foods were usually scavenging animals that fed on dead animals. Thus, disease could be transmitted through them. Two, to visibly distinguish Israel from other nations. The pig, for example, was a common sacrifice of pagan religions. And three, to avoid objectionable associations. The creatures that move about on the ground, for example, were reminiscent of serpents, which often symbolized sin. And there you have that explanation. Okay, uh, why was a woman considered unclean after the wonderful miracle of birth? It was due to the bodily secretions occurring during and after childbirth. These were considered unclean and made the woman unprepared to enter the pure surroundings of the tabernacle. Unclean did not mean sinful or dirty. God created us male and female, and he ordered us to be fruitful and multiply. He did not change his mind and say that sex and procreation were now somehow unclean. Instead, he made a distinguish, a distinction between his worship and the popular worship of fertility gods and goddesses. Canaanite religious incorporated, excuse me, Canaanite religions incorporated prostitution and immoral rights as the people begged their gods to make their crops, herds, and families increase. By contrast, God kept worship and sex entirely separate, helping the Israelites avoid confusion with pagan rites. The Israelites worshipped God as their loving creator and provider, and they thanked him for bountiful crops and safe childbirth. That makes sense. They needed to be set apart, and this was yet another way. Okay, was Jesus angry with this woman for touching him, this woman who suffered for, with a bleeding condition for 12 years? Was he angry with her? He knew she had touched him, but he stopped and asked, who did it in order to teach her something about faith? Although the woman was healed when she touched him, Jesus said her faith caused the cure. That's such a beautiful story. I, I love that story in the Bible. If I could just touch his robe, I will be healed. Can you imagine? Why were the people weeping and wailing so loud? Loud weeping and wailing was customary at a person's death. Lack of it was the ultimate disgrace and disrespect. There were some people, usually women, who made mourning a profession and were paid by the dead person's family to weep over the body. On the day of death, the body was carried through the streets, followed by mourners, family members, and friends. So that's why there was all the weeping and wailing. And it was just a part of how things were at that time. That is how people mourned the deaths of loved ones. And Psalm 38, you can just feel David's, heart here about sin and his own sin and just his suffering with that, even physically. Um, And so he always remains faithful to the Lord, patient on him. And let's see if there's anything in the... uh, study Bible today so this is another penitential psalm uh, because in it David is expressing sorrow for his sin he stated that his sin led to health problems and separated him from God and others causing extreme loneliness and he then confessed his sin and repented that's in 38 15 through 22 he's repenting so this is um there are a few of these psalms that um can be helpful in times when we need when we need them and it just reminds us um that we can be brought back to the Lord again when we repent and confess our sin to him so what what a relief right and we also know that in Hebrews Um, Jesus sits at the right hand of God and he is praying for us and advocating for us so to know that we that we actually have Jesus praying for us is yet another way that we can find peace that we can um, experience joy in our lives regardless Uh, it doesn't mean that you know we should continue sinning right not at all it it just means that when we sin we need to come quickly to God ask for forgiveness and and know that Jesus is advocating for us and praying for us and we can go straight to him with it Uh, because when Jesus died that day uh, there was no longer separation from God our father so we get to go to him directly because Jesus has made us clean and holy once again and what a what a beautiful what a beautiful and wonderful gift what a beautiful way that we get to live our lives knowing that Jesus is our savior and that is that is why we, we want everyone to know this and why it's so important for us to share about Jesus with people. Um, in church this past uh, weekend, uh, the pastor was talking about missions in Japan and some have never heard of Jesus. There are still people, In the world who have never heard of Jesus, never heard of the Bible, and so we just still need to share it. You know, we we tend to um, uh, what's what's the word? Um, Take for granted that uh, you know we have the Bible. I have many Bibles. I I actually collect them now, (laughs) and um, you know we have we have the access to God's truth, and some people don't. There are still people in the world that don't, and so that should motivate us today uh, to share, and and even if it's just sharing people to this podcast, um, or or another podcast, or just encouraging people to get in their Bible daily, whatever that may be, uh, may that may that motivate you and encourage you today to to keep sharing, to keep sharing the, who Jesus is and that we have hope and joy and peace and love in him. Let's go ahead and end with our prayer today. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for blessing us with your word. Thank you for guiding us throughout this life and teaching us your ways. We just ask for protection over our minds and hearts today so that we can focus on what you ask us to focus on, on what is good and true and beautiful and lovely and pure and honorable, anything that is praiseworthy or has excellence, Father, we we pray that we can focus on those things today so that we can have a clear mind and heart and that we can seek you first and not be distracted by all the other things and problems and um, everything of the world. We pray that we can uh, seek you first in, in all that we do and glorify you in all that we do as well. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.